Hello, and welcome to the Confident Human Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Lexia Yesa. On this podcast, you can expect to hear from people who are comfortable with the uncomfortable. Everyone you will hear from has turned one of their vulnerabilities into a superpower. Our hope is that these stories will help you have the confidence to face your demons too. Real talk, real people, all living their lives in confidence. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, you'll meet confident human Chelsea Glazer. She is a serial founder and brand strategist. She's the founder of a company called Freddie. Primarily focused by Freddie is their current supplement that they have. She herself struggled with extreme anxiety, burnout, and lack of fulfillment as a result of putting her career ambitions before her own health. Through the development of mindful practice, she learned to slow down, she put her wellness first, and she tells us all about her journey and developing this incredible product with her brother. We talked about everything from self-care to um, what the future looks like, how we've actually dealt with things as both serial entrepreneurs, but owners of supplement companies. And I think there's gonna be a lot of collaboration in our future, which is really exciting. Let's jump in. Hi, Chelsea. It's so nice to see you, like, you know, in person, not on all of your videos. <laughs> I love your videos, though. They're fantastic. Thank you. I know it's always nice to actually like chat with Instagram friends, like in real time. <laughs> I know, completely. I agree. I know. It's also just good to, you know, meet other fellow founders who are kind of in the same position as you. It's always just kind of nice to have those you know, even if they are virtual these days. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so nice. Like, especially, I, I don't think I've really connected with any other people in the supplement industry. Oh, either. really? Yeah. So this is, this is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. No, very, very exciting. I feel like there's so many uh, female founders or just even solo founders who are solopreneurs, mind you, who really don't have that many people to kind of talk to. It's been like, well, I think being a solo entrepreneur, I know that you have your brother, but can be super uh, isolating in a lot of ways too. Yeah, it can. I mean, I, especially when I first started, um, I was like first started running my own business. I was like basically freelance copywriting and that, that felt pretty lonely at first. And then I like built a team. And then even now, just because I have two companies, it can feel like I'm really spread in the middle and it can be a little bit lonely. Even then it's like, I can talk to each of my business partners, but no one's really like, you know, there for the experience of like, okay, if we're having two stressful days, I'm having like, you know, the double the amount of stress. And it's like, it's crazy, but no, it's always so nice to connect to those founders. But yeah. I totally get you. I know. <laughs> I One of my friends messaged me and she's like, you need to have a clubhouse for just solopreneurs. So then like, there's so many people. So you guys can all just get in there. And I'm like, okay, that actually sounds like a good idea. But yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. And I've obviously been following along on Freddie's journey. And I've also heard you on other podcasts too. And I just really loved your story. And I also really love that you, similar to me, really bootstrapped everything, uh, which is just so admirable. And I know it can be super tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like we have such similar backgrounds, actually. I was listening to one of your podcast interviews that you did, and you were talking about like how you've had so many different 
career paths and like different things you've dipped your toes into. And I feel like I've had, it's so similar, like just a breadth of like random jobs and different industries I've tried on for size until I just ultimately fully committed to entrepreneurship. I'm like, this is, this is the thing. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Well, they say 20s are for learning, 30 is for earning and 40s are for burning, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I've never heard that. I'm that I'm a big fan of that. It's definitely definitely accurate for me so far. A hundred percent. Um, I'm with you. So you know, we'll just we'll just keep with that. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> um, but tell me, so how did you get started with Freddie, or just even just go through your journey? Give me give me everything wherever you want to start. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I've, I've been starting things for a really long time. Um, pretty much since like right out of college, I started kind of like starting small organizations and exploring different business ideas and going down that path. Um, and so Freddie came like is something that I started with my brother, uh, in, oh gosh, like almost two years now, uh, almost two years ago now is when we actually started it. Um, but it kind of, so ultimately where I landed, I started going down this path of like, I was really, really obsessed with measuring happiness and like quantifying happiness and figure out how can we use this data? Because there are places like countries and um, cities and all these different scales of uh, government that are actually measuring happiness. And I'm like, okay, what do we- I heard that Finland is like the happiest country in the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, exactly. And it's like, how do you measure that? And so I was so interested in this and my actual degree was in urban planning. So I was like, maybe what I'll do with my life is like figure out how cities can implement happy to state to like help make cities happier places to live. So that was the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. And I started an organization with a friend of mine called Thriving Communities Network. And we were bringing um, people together to talk about this and to like, we were getting um, like, we had like some um, like support from Microsoft and we were getting like conversations started amongst like city government and local nonprofits and other local for-profits and all this stuff. So as time went on, it was really empowering because we were like, I was like 23. My friend was like 22. We we're just like two little like bubbly, like, yay. Like we're talking about happiness and throwing events. And it, the coolest thing was that people showed up to actually listen and hear us out. And that just kind of like really lit a fire in me of like, I feel like it's so, it was so encouraging that we could take this really abstract concept and actually start some real conversations around it and like see what was coming of it. So also, also you just like tested the market and you knew that there was something for it just by even throwing one event. You're like, okay, people are showing up. This is actually a valuable idea. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So as, as you can imagine, we struggled to find a really sustainable, like revenue model for this. <laughs> um, we're mostly throwing events and we're like, okay, by the time we kind of figured out a way to start making money um, off of the business and the brand, we were like, well, I feel super far from our original mission now. And so we kind of like took a breather. I like explored some other jobs. I got fired from a WeWork, um, a whole bunch of random stuff. And uh, But you worked at WeWork? I worked at WeWork for two weeks and <laughs> they fired me. It's okay. 
We don't need to be at WeWork. WeWork is no. an image of the past anyways. It is. It really is. Um, yeah, that was, that's like a bizarre story. I still don't really know what they, they, the only tangible thing that they told me was that one time in the two weeks I was there, I used the word messy, which is apparently an unproductive word. And that's like the only tangible reason I have for them firing me. That is so weird. Oh my gosh. And also, by the way, as someone who's in the brokerage community, that is like the tamest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you remember the context for which I used the word messy? And they're like, like, he's like flipping through his notebook. He's like, I didn't write that down. I was like, but, but I remember that it felt really negative. And I was like, oh, like, I'm actually genuinely like stoked to be here. So I don't know why it seemed negative, but okay. Um, Anyway, so funny, ridiculous. So it was yeah, a blessing clearly, in disguise. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's just like one of many examples of how anytime I tried to take a traditional career path or get like a job, um, like it corporate world just chewed me up and spat me out. And they're like, nope, not for you. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, so kept going um, just to figure out like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, how can I apply my skills? I'm like, let's go back to the drawing board. What was the original thing that I loved doing? Like when I was a kid and it's always been writing and like always loved like staying up late, writing books, like loved English class, everything. So I'm like, let's just go back to the basics and think about how can I make money off of doing like my strongest skill. So I started copywriting and that grew into, you know, website copywriting and brand copywriting. And I started realizing that what I loved so much about starting Thriving Communities Network and where I was really thriving was actually crafting the right message that reached people and finding a way to communicate what we were doing. And I was like, that was really the powerful thing for me was we found a way to take this really abstract concept and make it tangible enough that like Microsoft would show up for our events. And I'm like, that's really exciting. So I'm like, okay, I think there's something there. So I started getting into brand copywriting, which um, led me to meet my co-founder of Launch It Girl, um, who's, she's a graphic designer. Her name is Lauren Deloach. She's a graphic designer and a web designer. And um, so we started building that together and working with female founders who were just kind of starting to launch their first businesses. And we wanted to be this, you know, first stop for them of like, if they have a great idea and they don't know what to do next, like come to us, we'll help you navigate your next steps and like get you launched. Um, So that's what we've been doing. And then um, a couple of years into that, my brother came to me uh, with this idea and he'd been working on Wall Street, like extremely, extremely high pressure, intense job. And he had reached like a a serious point of burnout, like multiple times over, like serious health scares. And um, finally, he's like, I'm leaving banking and I want to start this company. What do you think of this idea? So we started talking about it. And really, it was around it was this product that he had been using. He introduced it to me, too. Um, it's called nootropics. And so that's what we offer. Freddie is a, an all natural nootropic. So Mitch had been experimenting with different nootropics and trying like synthetic ones, trying all natural ones. And he really found out which ingredients made him feel the best. And so he went forward and started formulating his own blend, which is what focused by Freddie is now. Um, so he came to me with this. He's like, I'm working on this. How do you think we should brand this? Like, I need your help. So we start talking about it. And one of the biggest problems we identified in the market was just that there are new topics on the market, but they're all so intense with their branding. Like they're like, oh, like fire on all cylinders, like limitless, wow. And I'm kind of like, no thanks. Like none of that appealed to me, but I had tried the products and I'm like, I know how great they actually are. Like they're really, really helpful. They don't feel limitless. 
and they don't feel like I'm firing on all or more cylinders, which sounds awful. Like my brain is always going a million miles a minute. Like the last thing I want is to fire on more cylinders. Um, (laughs) You're like, talk about stress. That's just going to give me more stress. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I don't want to be more wired. I want to be more calm and more focused, like on one thing at a time. And that was really the experience I had with the nootropics I had tried. And so we're like, all of the com- all of the communication around this product is not appealing to women at all and women are really being excluded from the marketing in this entire industry and i'm like if there's anything that i know the women that i work with at launch a girl who are like they have kids they're working 9 to 5 they're starting their side hustle and they're like doing all of it i'm like these are the women that need a product like this just an all natural calming boost of like focus and energy like they're like we should instead of making a brand that's more approachable to women i told mitch like you should make a brand for women that really empathizes with what they go through with like what we experience and what like burnout and overwhelm and competing priorities feel like and how this product can really help and he's like yes i like that i need you to be a part of that with me because i'm a man and and, (laughs) and he's like but i want to spread this message you know success at work's starts with wellness, which was really his journey. And, um, and it was mine too. I mean, I had gone through my own version. I'd taken such a dramatically different career path than he did, but I really went through my own version of, you know, reaching burnout, spreading myself too thin, saying yes to everything, not setting boundaries, not taking care of myself and realizing, oh, I really need to take better care of myself before I can do really anything well. Um, and so, that was kind of the the journey. And so he asked me to be his co-founder and I obviously said yes. And, and that is how Freddie came to be. So that's, that's my whole journey. I hope I didn't bounce around too much in that story. <laughs> no, I loved that. And I think you actually highlighted a few other things that I want to ask questions on too. Awesome. Um, well, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know what nootropics is, can you tell us what it is? I mean, I yes. love nootropics, but for anyone listening who has no idea where to start, tell us. Absolutely. So nootropics, you can think about it. There's like a whole spectrum of what nootropics are. So on one end of the spectrum, you have like prescription ADHD medication. And on the complete other end of the spectrum, you have caffeine, like just from coffee. Um, And so that's any, basically nootropics is anything that enhances your cognitive function. So what we are is way more on the coffee end of the spectrum where we're a blend of herbs, uh, mushrooms, amino acids, and a little bit of caffeine from green coffee bean. Um, And then there's also uh, closer to the prescription end of the spectrum, there's synthetic ingredients, they're made in a lab, and um, they just haven't been in use as long. We just don't really know exactly what's in them or like what, you know, we, we don't, well, I guess people know what's in them, but we don't know like how safe they are because they don't have a super long track record of consumption. So we stuck with the all natural um, they've been in all the, our ingredients are super well known. I've been, been in use for a really long time. And so with this blend, what you get is just like this calm, subtle boost of energy that doesn't make you feel wired. It gives you a mood boost. It like helps you manage your stress and it just helps you like manage that overwhelmed feeling. So you can just like relax and stay more focused on one thing at a time. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. But yeah, Nootropics is a huge range of things. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I mean, nootropics are so interesting. I feel like there's probably so many people who are like, I take mushroom supplements and I take this or things that are actually a nootropic, but they have no idea that it's a nootropic. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, the term isn't very well known, really. (laughs) No, it isn't, but it's a really cool new term that I think is going to, you guys are kind of leading the charge along with probably a few other companies like on really kind of giving it the name that it deserves because there's so many great benefits to nootropics and especially since people are just dousing themselves in caffeine. Yeah. It's like a whole other thing. I mean, I, I'm i a decaf freak, so I don't drink caffeine because otherwise I'm like a crazy person. Um, So I probably would – I would need to either take Freddy or like put alphanine like in my coffee in order to be able to enjoy it or else I would be like completely AWOL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I have been a I've, – I've been a caffeine addict since I was like – 12 years old and it's really bad. And so, I mean, since taking these though, cause I'm like, you don't even realize I did quit caffeine for like a year and that made me like, just help me reset and feel so much better. But I was drinking coffee like all day, every day. And I used to be that way too. Like when I was living in New York, it's just a way of life. Like yeah. you, you just drink coffee. Like there's coffee shops everywhere. You walk and there's coffee in the, in the bottom of places. And also you have no idea at least I didn't know like how much caffeine was in any of the coffees that I was drinking. And I would go like clockwork. I'd be like 10 and two. And I would get like two like double red eyes. And then I had like a serious panic attack and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's because you're drinking coffee at like these random hours. And anyways, so I actually quit cold turkey, but I do drink caffeine every once in a while, but it's like a present to myself now. I'm like, okay, you're in a good mood. Like you're fine. Like this is, this is something that you deserve. (laughs) Yes. I really like that outlook on it. I am, I I had a really similar experience where I went through like months of just like waking up in the morning, like, or I'm in the middle of the night, just like with palpitations. And I'm like, what's that? And like, oh, maybe Chelsea, it's because you're drinking literally like eight cups of coffee a day. (laughs) Like, and so I did, I, I quit cold Turkey too. It was like the worst two weeks, I was having serious withdrawal symptoms. I'm like, this is a problem. Um, so eventually I like introduced it back into my life. And then with nootropics, I have like one cup of coffee in the morning. I usually don't even finish the entire cup of coffee and I'm like fine for the whole day now. And it's so much better. And so I just like so much a better. ritual. I just love my morning coffee, but no, it's good. I mean, yeah. I have, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like have my morning tea or I have my decaf because I love the taste of coffee. Like I love it. Yes. It tastes so good, but I'm in the same way. I had like my caffeine attack and like anxiety attack almost around the same time that I was like really figuring out what was going on with my body from a digestive standpoint. And so I totally went like kind of crazy for like a whole year being like, oh wow, I have all these really terrible issues. Maybe I should figure them out. And also like you're digestion like totally affects your mood and how you like internalize things and your anxiety. And so I was like, oh, not only am I probably having anxiety issues from drinking caffeine, but like, what about everything else that I'm putting into my body? And so it really made me kind of like, oh, wow. It's like a light bulb. (laughs) I did the exact same thing. I, I got food sensitivity tests. I like just wiped my diet clean. I'm like, okay, we're starting fresh. What actually bothers me? I was gluten free for a long time. Like all the things just really did like a full reset on, you know, figuring out what it was that I was putting into my body that was making me feel so anxious. I didn't even know I had anxiety. I was like, what's this? I'm not an anxious person. I'm like a happy person. I'm like, no, no, I have like a ton of anxiety. I just never knew it. And I like, 
literally in this process, I actually went to a doctor because I was like, I think I'm having like a heart problem. And like they, this, finally I went to a doctor and he prescribed me a book. He's like, read this. And it's called the happiness trap. And it's all about ruminating thoughts and anxiety. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And then I was like, okay, there are other things going on. And like, like, yeah, that's when I quit caffeine, started managing my anxiety and like managing my diet better too. And like all of it, like, yes, very similar journey. (laughs) I have to say though, at least we had those journeys because if, I mean, if I had it later in life, probably would have been worse. Uh, But you got to have those points in your life where you're going to have those like big changes all the time. And maybe they're not like anxiety level, but I feel like I go through like some kind of hormonal shift or some kind of shift in my body, like at least every like three years. <laughs> yeah, no, same. Yeah, that's so interesting. And honestly, I know I'm so grateful for that too, because it also brought both of us to the points that we're at where we have wellness companies and we help other people uh, manage their anxiety and like be more self-aware and like understand their bodies better. Totally. And it's so interesting like even certain types of food, caffeine being included, like obviously creates anxiety, but it like there are foods like and there's like bad mood foods. And I'm like a believer that sure, like those foods can be obviously like derogatory towards your overall well-being for that day. But I also think yeah. if you digest them appropriately, there's like a whole other light at the tunnel. Yeah. And anyways, I think it's interesting. I'm going to have to do Freddie with like some digestive enzymes, like confidence and see what happens because we maximize the nutrients of said like other supplements. And so it actually kind of like ties really well. So you're maximizing whatever other supplements you're taking. Ooh, I need to try that too. I, cause that makes a ton of sense because people are like, you know, some people are like, feel it so intensely on the first day. They're like, okay, I feel amazing. And then other people are like, oh, it's kind of subtle on day three. And I'm like, I wonder what your diet's like, because like you're eating a higher protein diet, your body's going to absorb this better. And like, if you're exercising and you're drinking a lot of water and you're doing all these other things, you're going to feel it better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like confidence would be a really good pair with Yeah, it would for sure. I mean, that's kind of been like, at least initially when I was trying to tell people like, first of all, there's so much to learn about like enzymes and any kind of thing that's gut health related, but also nootropics. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well think about it this way. Like every time you have a burp from a vitamin after you take one and you're like, oh, what was that? That's like your vitamin not being digested in your stomach. It's just sitting there. So it's like the residue. And so it means that it's like stuck either in your stomach acid or whatever. And so by taking something that helps you digest it, you won't have that anymore. And so I was like, just try it. And people are like, oh yeah, that actually does work. Like, like the yeah. fish oil burps, like uh, exactly. the worst. Oh God, <laughs> I know. Ugh. And they say like to take prenatals for like quite a, lo- quite a long time before you get pregnant or anything like that too. So I like bought my prenatal like right when I got married and I was like, I'm not yet ready but you know I just want to like yeah. prep my body and so For sure let me tell you those births are not fun so oh girl <laughs> I've taken prenatals Nasty. just like for my hair um, oh hair skin and nails glow just glow it's amazing. It's amazing. Nothing works better than prenatals for that. I feel like I've taken, I've tried it all. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to take prenatals for that. Seriously. <laughs> I feel you. So I've, I've had that experience too. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You can meet the man in your dreams and like have a baby in a year. You never know. Shit you happens, know. right? And they say you're supposed to start taking prenatals like a year before, up to two years. 
Yeah. I'm like, that's a long time. That is. I had no idea you were supposed to do that. Well, your body gets more prepped that way. So the pregnancy before and after is supposed to be better. So like Mm. your body's supposed to like bounce back faster if you're getting all those essential nutrients and vitamins. So it's more like, you know, long-term play. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm going to go buy some more prenatals. (laughs) Like I'm going to go do that. Um, (laughs) So funny. Well, I love that you mentioned earlier about um, setting boundaries. And I think that's super important. So tell us from a boundary setting standpoint, like what are your tips? Ooh, um, okay. There's so many different directions I could go with that. You um, choose it. I, okay, so from like a work perspective, I think um, one of the most important boundaries I've had to learn how to set are like when my day, where my workday begins and when my workday ends. So I've been working from home for years, like well before COVID. And Um, that was the hardest thing for me to adjust to was just feeling like if I stop working, everything falls apart. If I stop working, then nothing happens. Nothing gets done. Like feeling the weight of my, of the world I have built around myself on my shoulders at all times and like roll over in bed, immediately check my phone, like, you know, scrolling through it, um, making sure I had catch caught up on everything and then working until, literally I passed out, like bringing my laptop to bed. If I turn the TV on in the background by like 10 PM or something, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to like relax and finish this. It's like, no, I can't do both of those things. And would always have my computer in front of me if I had like just this guilt of shutting down and winding down. Um, and so that's one of the, the biggest things that I've had to do is be like, Nope, I wake up. I have my morning. I don't check my email. I have every single one of my notifications turned off on my phone, even for email, like everything is off. Um, like, no, I check you when I'm ready to check you. And I'm not letting you tell me like every time a new email comes in. Um, and then just making sure I have my wind down time in the evenings is so, so vital. And so doing that and then just communicating with my partners, like when I need that time and also being able to like, I take, um, on Tuesdays, I spend like, I have this blocked off in my calendar every week, like time for me to like relax, like actually check in with myself, just like be introspective, have more of a creative day that day. And I try to schedule no meetings. And instead of just like jam packing my schedule, I definitely have a tendency to just like, go, 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 go. Like any, like I'm a generally like positive person. So whenever a little like negative thought or emotion, like climbs in there, I'm just like, nope push you away. Don't want to deal with you. Um, and so I have to create space in my day for me to sit down and like, okay, let's unpack that now, see what that was and deal with that. Um, or else it'll show up as anxiety. And then I like, can't function as well as I want to function at work. And I get super overwhelmed and stressed out. So just really like, I guess a lot of setting boundaries, just the process of it had to do with being introspective, understanding what I need, understanding, um, like what are my triggers for stress and what are my like bad habits that I've been carrying with me that I didn't even realize were bad or contributing to my stress levels. And then learning where to say no on those things. So I would say like setting boundaries looks different for everyone. Um, it just really depends on what are those things that are contributing and what can you change in your day? And like, like how can you make the space that you need for certain things? Um, 
one thing for me, I also, I'm not very good with routines. Um, I've like always struggled to maintain routines. It takes me like months to build up a great routine for myself. I'm like, okay, I'm in a good flow. And then it takes me like two days to fall completely out of it and have to start from scratch. Um, it's so frustrating. And so I've kind of just learned to embrace that and be like, okay, I'm just going to wake up, check in with myself, see what I need that day and like go with the flow. And I think being just kind of making peace with that has been something that has helped me a lot. And then I know what boundaries I need to set for my day that day. So it's kind of been, there's a few general rules of thumb I follow, um, but it's really kind of day by day, case by case basis of like, what's going on with me? What do I need to feel like my best self today? And, and communicating that to my business partners and, um, and just, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm not neglecting anything I need to neglect, but I'm able to tell them like, Hey, I don't have time for this today, or no, I need this from you today, or I need this time for me today or whatever that looks like. I so agree. I'm so with you. Um, yeah, we're all about like making things easier in yeah. life as much as possible. That's kind of like the key to wellness. <laughs> yeah. I think um, my final note on boundaries would just be the most important thing that I've done is adopt this mindset that like, I love what I do, but it is not the point of life. Like work is not the point. And anytime I start to forget that or start to notice myself, like, you know, turning down social, well, obviously there haven't been a lot of social opportunities lately, but like, um, like if I've ever just not made time for friends or family or for myself or the things that make me happy and like thinking about kind of balance on a much bigger scale, it's not necessarily day by day balance is kind of like, I look at like to look at it as like, what's your month look like? What's your like couple months look like? Are you getting enough of everything you need over that time scale? But overall, it's like, it's, it's not the point. So, you know, like put it into context of what's really important. Um, my, um, my boyfriend likes to say that he has five fucks to give and he's like, and that's it. That's, that's it. And if it's not on the list of fucks to give, then he refuses to let it stress him out. And I love that. I'm like, this is so great. It's so true. It's like family, friendships, work, relationships, and like, what was this last one? Like his health. Um, yeah. Like those are his five books to give. I'm like, yes, that's amazing. And he's like, anything else? Nope. Like, and, and there's, and there's an order to them too. And so he's like, like how stressed out he's allowed to get about them. I was like, yeah. Anyway. So I think that's I a really that. great way of, of looking at it. Um, prioritization for stress as too, like that needs to happen because if you let every little thing stress you out, then just a recipe for disaster. Yes. Oh yeah. And you just can't set priorities. You feel so spread thin. You don't know, you know what to put your energy into. And then your energy is just spread thing across everything. And then you're like, I'm not being effective at anything. And then it just, it hurts your confidence. It hurts everything. It hurts all your relationships. It's just, yeah, it's, it's so important to get your priorities straight and to just only put your time and energy and like give any, like allow things to stress you out that are really, really worth it. Totally. It's kind of like having a thought and then realizing what the thought actually is before you get emotional about it and then deciding if you're going to get emotional about it. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. Like, hold up. Oh, okay. All right. No. <laughs> yeah. Not today. <laughs> Not today. Um, I do sure. love also that you said that you take some time for yourself to essentially uh, be creative. And I have a question for you. Have you ever read The Artist's Way? 
No, I have not read that book. Oh, it's going to change your life. You have to, you have to read that book. Okay. I love reading books on creativity. So yeah, it'll actually give you like a full, like, well, first of all, I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to spoil it for you. You should just do it. And it's kind of like a six to nine week thing. So like you're kind of glued. You have to do morning pages every morning, which I'm like addicted to doing because I love writing too, but I'm not like a super skilled writer. I just really enjoy doing it. Um, But it actually helps you really kind of, it's almost like therapy for yourself every single morning, Um, doing morning pages. You do like three full pages. And then you also have to have a date with yourself every week. She has like a whole guideline of like how to essentially get out of a rut. And so like every artist and every writer, everyone has basically been like, this is what I have to do every single day because this is what makes me happy. And like, this is how I've become the person of my dreams type situation. It's a little bit of a self-help thing, but it's also like she's been around forever and she's like kind of like the person who created Morning Pages. Amazing. Okay. I'm adding that to my list. There's one that I love called Creative Calling. It's by Chase Jarvis. Have you read this one? No. What's that one about? It's all about the importance of establishing a creative practice and it's no matter what your job is. So he's a photographer, but he's like in any, in, for any person, you need a creative practice to help you basically show up and solve problems. And like, you may not think of yourself as a creative person, but if you have to solve problems or think of solutions or like basically use your brain, um, and come up with ideas or in any way, it's like, that's your form of creativity. It's like every single person is a creative person and everyone needs a creative practice that helps them basically do something outside of work that helps fuel their creative juices basically and keep you going and it's it's energizing it helps you build confidence there's like all of these amazing things that uh come from it so it's it's really well written and like exciting book it's very like motivating and helps you think about like what you need in a self-care practice like uh, to help you um like grow in a lot of different ways but that one's a really good one and big magic from uh oh my gosh who wrote big magic it's from uh what's her name elizabeth gilbert that's another good creative book and I amazing and a book on writing I recently read is called bird by bird it's by Anne Lamont and that one's another really good one about like writing <laughs> writing practices those are great rocks um yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it's really kind of interesting how people who aren't like don't label themselves as creative don't realize that they need these creative outlets no yes. matter what it helps in so many ways. Like it helps you be a better teammate. It helps you with confidence. Like just the getting in the practice of hearing people's ideas and like, yes, anding their ideas is like the collaborative process of improv is so important. Like I, I, I got so much from that experience and I'm excited for things to open up so I can do it again. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, that's, it is. And it, it is so awesome for creativity too. You're so right. Yeah, no, there's just so many things that you could do. You could find, you could just, you could just write morning pages. There's, there's always an answer to be a little bit more creative and being creative is just a mind expander. So it's just, it's just helpful for everyone. I'm so with you. It doesn't matter if you're a banker, you could be doing improv like your brother. (laughs) 
<laughs> from banker to improv. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It's so great. I love that he does that. And, um, you know, it, it's so true. Like just being able to expand your mind and it helps you get to know yourself a little bit better. Like you ever create something or reread your morning pages and you're like, Whoa, I didn't know that was in there. And you're yep. like, Oh, that's really interesting. Or you, you learn so much about yourself and your, your own room for growth. And like, it's such a cathartic process of just, yeah, like creating things and, uh, and, and also having a task to do that's outside of your normal work tasks is so expansive where like a lot of people, I think at the end of their work day or when they're not working, they're Netflixing or they're drinking. And that is really, really, I mean, I've definitely been in those ruts and like, it's fine if you do that every now and then, and like, or like even the majority of the time, like some, like you need a practice to help you do more and grow and get to know yourself outside of your work life. And you're just like home relaxation life. Otherwise you're just going to kind of stay in this comfort bubble and not really grow and expand. And, and you're always going to wonder like, Oh, why haven't I been getting to that next level of my goal? Like I have these things I want to do. And you know, without actively participating in these other types of things that are expansive, you're not going to understand what it takes or really get the motivation you need to start like, or the perspective you need to really grow into the next version of yourself. Absolutely. No, that's so well said. And it's so interesting. I'm 100% with you. A lot of us just fall into the Netflix and chill lifestyle, especially in quarantine. It was almost like inevitable. I mean, you're trying to do self-improvement and then you're also like, oh God, I, d- I just need to occupy my mind on anything else other than what's going on in the world. And so yeah, it's been a real test, uh, but things are, things are starting to look up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's especially, yeah. I mean, zero judgment or hate to anybody. Totally. 100%. I have absolutely been that person. I have like, I have like months. I feel like I go like in spurs. I'm like, oh, this month I was really good. That month. Whoa, Lexi. What the hell happened? Mostly Netflix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Uh, it's, it's so true. And that's why I also say like balance and these types of things have to be looked at over like months and months. Like you cannot nitpick every day. You just have to think about, did I get what I needed over the last month, two months, three months? Like how much of everything did I get in my life and what am I lacking? And like remembering to introduce it, but that like, you're not going to have a perfectly balanced day every day. You just can't, you just can't or week, like some weeks you just unfortunately have to work, you know, your 60, 80 hour week. And then you move on and you relax the next week. Like it just, it happens. It's all about, it's all about perspective when it comes to those things. Perspective and balance, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, last question, which you ask everyone on the podcast is how do you define confidence? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I think so for me, something I've been actually trying to, my little like mantra as of late has been relaxed confidence. Like that's what I've been trying to embrace for myself. So I think I have this tendency whenever I feel um, like a little bit unconfident or like I'm doubting myself or yeah, I'm, I'm worrying about things or approach. I'm coming at it with a scarcity or like a fear-based mindset. My tendency is to try to prove myself and like over-explain and convince and force it. And I notice that about myself and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel authentic or aligned with who I really feel like I am and who I, how I want to show up. And so I feel like confidence to me is when I can show up relaxed and just kind of feeling like, like, even if they don't get it, like, that's okay. 
and just feeling a little like just affirming my like self-affirming um and and just yeah i think not not like pining for validation kind of like i know this is my own actions and um i think yeah it really feels like a much more confidence to me feels relaxed and i love that just, i feel like that's really relatable uh, because I know that a lot of us have been in situations where we feel like someone asks us a question that makes us maybe not necessarily uncomfortable, but like we don't know the exact answer to. And yeah. so we do like just kind of like word vomit versus taking a breath and being like, oh, well, I'm not sure if I really know the answer to that question. Can I get back to you? Or like, or anything like that, or just saying that you don't know a friend of mine um, who's a founder also said that. She's like, you're going to have to say that you don't know a lot. And that's okay. I was like, oh, really? That's that resonates with me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> is confidence like being able to say, I don't know? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah, it definitely feels like that. And it's amazing just when you stop assuming that everybody else knows more than you. Um, and you just you're like, okay, I think uh I can still be a great business owner and I can still be smart and I can still be wise and all of these things that I want to be if I don't know the answer to this. Um, and, and yeah, and even if like, especially when it comes to like sales or like pitching a new client or doing consultations or something like that, it's like anytime I show up and I feel like I have to force it or, you know, whatever, it's like, instead of just like, it, it never it just doesn't feel right. And it off, those often don't even work out. And then anytime I show up and I'm just like relaxed, I'm like, yeah, totally. It could go any way, like whatever. If that's, that's when I feel my most confident and like with the, the type of confidence I'm kind of generally trying to manifest for myself on a daily basis. hundred percent. <laughs> relaxed confidence. I'm into yeah. it. I'm into <laughs> it. But now thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so fun just hearing your story and also talking about boundaries and I mean, kind of covering all things. I thought it was really great. And I think that this is going to be a really fun episode for people to listen to. So fun. I love, love this conversation. It was so great chatting with you and connecting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. No, I'm super happy. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Your vote of confidence goes a long way, and that's the best way to support the show. If you want more information on our guest, you can find out how to support them in our show notes, and you can go on our Instagram, Confident Human Podcast. Don't forget to join me every week for new episodes available Wednesdays on all major podcast platforms. See you next week.